find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Do you have a hunger for cinematic horror? Do you enjoy the thrill from seeing boogeymen, beasts, and butchers go about their dark work? Then all you need to do is speak of the devil and the devil will come to you. Speak of the Devil is a podcast for all movies that have anything from demons and poltergeists to serial killers and the supernatural. I'm Kayla. And I'm Taylor. Join us as we embark on a journey through the dark recesses of horror films, from the classics to blockbusters and everything in between. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. We're not scared of anything. Are you? what's up you guys hey what's up you guys i'm Catherine, and i'm Haley, and we are saturdays for the ghouls a podmouth podcast how are you Haley? i'm doing i'm doing all right Catherine. how are you all right yeah i'm okay what's wrong i, I just have a headache oh yeah you should take something for that i know you're not a medicine girly though no i if i don't have to take it i won't but i do i do got that excedrin on on hand though yeah well it also helps you know stay hydrated have you been drinking water i have drank nothing but water today that's good well week is it this week oh yeah i already answered i answered like really shortly i'm okay I know you asked me, but uh, what week is it, Haley? Crime movie week. Yeah, it is crime movie week. So the movie that we're going to talk about today is called, if you haven't read the title, it's called The House at the End of the Street from 2012. I'm going to, again, I know we say this every time, but maybe there's someone new. We're going to spoil it for you. Watch the movie if you don't want it to be spoiled. Right. Okay. Don't come for me and Catherine and be like, Y'all bitches ruined the movie for me. You have been warned. Right. I don't say for every movie, but this one has like a pretty large plot twist. So we're going to spoil it for you. Just so you know. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Bungo. Surely, would you like to hear the IMDb plot or would you like to give me a Haley synopsis first? I, I will do the honors first because... Mine's going to be probably chaotic and probably not as close to your synopsis. Okay, go for it. All right. Stab, stab. Jennifer Lawrence. Mom. New house on the market for a good price. Red flag. Small town assholes. Toxic small town boy that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Boy has secret. Person. In basement, that also ties into the stab stab from earlier. Death, almost death, psych ward, happily ever after. I think there's one more death in there. One more death. Yes, I forgot yep. about the girl. Wow, that was that was beautiful. I think kind of our synopsis is are like the least amount of words as possible. Yeah. That's uh, what I should- all right, so from IMDb, this is what it says, the little nice little synopsis quote thing. 
After moving with her mother to a small town, a teenager, Jennifer Lawrence, finds an accident happened in the house at the end of the street. Things get more complicated when she befriends a brother. A double murder is not an accident. Now, I assumed there was going to be another sentence after befriends a boy, but I guess we'll move it in a minute. The boy lives in the house at the end of the street. That was what I was assuming might be. Anyway, our gripping tagline for this movie that would be like on all the movie posters and all the trailers, fear reaches out for the girl next door. So this movie was directed by Mark Ponderai. I think is how you say his last name. The screenplay was written by David Luca, and the story is originally by Jonathan Mostow. Our, and I'll tell you a little bit what why there's like a story by, and I'll tell you about that in just a minute. Our important cast members, I only wrote down five of them because there's a lot of people kind of in this movie that are a lot of like small little mini characters. For the most part, Jennifer Lawrence plays Alyssa. Max Derrett plays Ryan, Nolan Gerard Funk as Tyler, Elizabeth Shue as Dr. Sarah Cassidy, or Jennifer Lawrence's mom, or El- Alyssa's mom, and Bill Bellows as Officer Bill Weaver. Oh, Bill. I think you're going to ch- have a change of heart after I talk to you about this movie. Anyway, so Jonathan Mostow originally was going to be the director of this movie, and he began writing the screenplay in 2000 with Richard Kelly. I don't know who that guy is either. But supposedly, yeah, but I don't know if maybe I'm thinking of Grace Kelly or if I'm just thinking of other people that have the same, like, last name or first name. (laughs) Anyway, they went through seven exhausting years of developing, sorry, of developing the movie and in the article, it said that the quote, they went through developmental hell for seven years. And then in 2010, Mark and David, who were the actual writers of the screenplay and the director, took over the movie and finished the story and directed the movie. Okay. I'm not sure if like Jonathan sold it to them and like that's how he's probably like the credit still or how that all worked. But Basically, after seven years, they were just like, "Here, Mark, David, you can have it." <laughs> I, we can't figure out how to get it, how, how to get it, freed in. So, in 2010 is when they started recording or filming. The movie was filmed in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Okay, of course, Canada. Um, this was back when you got big tax breaks for filming in Canada, and they filmed between August 2010 to September 2010. Or 2010. I don't know how you say it. Originally, it was set up to be released on February of 2012. Then it was moved to April of 2012. Then it was rescheduled again till September of 2012. Because do you want to know what actually premiered in April? The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. So technically, this movie was filmed before The Hunger Games. was released after The Hunger Games. But it was smart of them or a good thing, I guess a blessing to them, they probably waited till the Hunger Games was released because Jennifer Lawrence was a bigger name in September than she would have been in February. That's very true. Because they're like, oh, that girl from the Hunger Games, which is a big box office hit. And they're like, we should go see it just because she's in it. Of course. 
Katniss is in it. We love Katniss. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I feel like that's the same reason why people put like Robert Pattinson in movies after Twilight. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying he's not also talented. I'm just saying when you're in it, they want to use you, you know? They being the conglomerate movie people, I don't know anything about this. Anyway, this movie was nominated for a couple of awards and won a couple of awards. In 2012, it was nominated for Directors Guild of Canada for Best Sound Editing in a Feature Film, which is pretty cool. Mm. I'd never even heard of that exact, like, category. Yeah. Yeah. And then in 2013, Jennifer Lawrence was nominated for the Favorite Movie Actress for a People's Choice Award, also for Silver Linings Playbook and The Hunger Games. So she was nominated for kind of like all six of them because I think 2012 was a big year for her and she Mm -hmm. won that award. So technically, I guess that award's not for this movie specifically, but for Jennifer Lawrence. And then Jennifer Lawrence was also nominated for Best Scared as Shit performance at the MTV Movie Awards. She did not win. Oh. And uh, Theo Green, who I don't know who that is, but... He got awarded and he won a ASC award for a film award for this movie. When I when I looked at it, I thought, oh, that was Max. <laughs> That's a Max. So then I reread it just now in this instance. And I, now I don't know who Theo Green is. Let me just look it up really quick. Theo Green. I don't know why I, th- I thought of the guy from Divergent, but I could be yeah. completely wrong. Oh, he was the guy who made the music for the movie. Oh, okay. Good job, CEO. That's so good for oh. you. So, Theo Green is the only one who actually won an award, and Jennifer Lawrence won an award, kind of, for this movie. Everything else, they were only nominated. <laughs> I think Max. Yeah. Bro. He should have gotten think, something. Yeah, I think he should have gotten something, but maybe he was not. I don't know. Maybe this was like his only role that year. Jennifer oh, Lawrence had three movies come out like back to back to back like that. Um, that's true. And so that's why she got favorite movie actress for the People Choice Awards. And I bet you that the House at the End of the Street played very little into that. Like Hunger Games and Silver Lines Playbooks in my like memory were a lot bigger than this movie. More popular yeah. to me. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Yeah. If- I don't know if everyone likes Silver Lang's playbooks like I do. It's I consider it one of my favorite movies, though. Like, one of my top least ten movies. One I've of its Silver Lang's it. playbooks. I love that movie. I digress. So, in my notes right now, I have discussed movie. So, Haley, what, what did you like about this one? Honestly? Okay. To be fair, I had the unrated version, so I don't know what's different. We'll talk about that. But oh you did you did do it. I remember you said you'd look it up if you or you'd tell me if you found it. Okay. All right. So this is very similar to a situation with the movie Orphan, because the only one I'd seen prior to watching it with you was the unrated version. Mm-hmm. So when we rewatched it, I felt like there was something missing. So it kind of like dulled it down for me. And I was like, huh. This actually wasn't as good as I remember. So that's kind of how it felt rewatching this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's a good twist. 
I was okay. So here's the thing. I thought it was, and this may not may not make sense to anyone who's like maybe younger, but if you were a teen or like in your twenties in the in like 2012 area, like this is a very 2012 movie. Like to me, for some reason, yeah. like this was on all of the movie channels. Like every, I don't know. It it wasn't like it wasn't per se popular. I would say, but it was like very 2012. You know it. I don't know. No, I get yeah. 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 So, okay. From my brain, my small brain noggin, I'm going to try to give you a little bit more meaty synopsis than what you've received from Hillary and IMDb. Because we have a few points that we have to talk about that, are, that I wrote down about specifically about the movie. Okay. So in the beginning, the girl named Carrie Ann double murders her parents with a knife in the middle of the night. So then we fast forward to when Jennifer Lawrence and her mom is moving into this house that is right down the road or right next door to the house that Carrie Ann killed her parents. And Haley, you can stop me anytime if I'm if I'm remembering wrong. And then Jennifer Lawrence, okay, her name's Alyssa. Alyssa and her mom go to the like, I don't know, neighbor's potluck or whatever, and they're all like that kid over there he's fucking creepy he lives in that house where that double murder happened and he's the son and he's bringing down all our property values and Alyssa meets the kid that's a child of one of these people and so we're starting to feel sad for ryan who is the brother of carrie Ann, son of the parents who got killed and we're starting to feel bad for him because i mean he didn't do anything right so like why are we making it so bad that he's living in that house? Right. Like, why are we hating on this poor kid that wasn't right. even there? Right. He was, he's like 20 years old. He was not, he wasn't even at the house when it happened. Like, he was staying with his aunt or something at that time. And so, I think he's 20. 20 or 19. I don't really remember. The ages are kind of mud, muddy for me. I know he's not in high school yet. And Jennifer Lawrence plays a 17-year-old. Okay. So we fast forward, Jennifer Lawrence tries to make friends with this kid from the party that they went to, finds out he's an actual douchebag. She has to like push him off when he's trying to make out with her and dot, 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 you know, that kind of guy. So then fast forward and Jennifer Lawrence starts befriending Ryan and she's like feeling sorry for him. And then we find out that Ryan is holding Carrie and we find out that He's basically taking care of her down there, and she's just as wild as she was when she killed her parents. And so he has to give her this medicine and, like, all of this stuff. Calm her down and feed her, but he, like, locks her in this room in, like, a, a sub-basement below the basement. The rest of the movie is Jennifer and Ryan coming closer and closer together, spending more time together. Her mom hates that she's spending time with this dude. She thinks that he's no good. She's saying, I don't want you to hang out with him. But then she's like, oh, I didn't mean to be mean. I didn't mean to kick him the fuck out. The mom is very mixed signals. Oh, yeah. I, I was also confused when she was like, I don't want you to spend any alone time with Alyssa. And Alyssa, I don't want you to spend any alone time with Ryan. He was like, you know, I'm going to go then. And she's like, no, 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 I didn't mean that. Right. I don't know how you thought you came off, mom. You came off kind of like a bitch. Anyway. She did. I digress. 
Alyssa doesn't know that Carrie Ann stays in the basement basement. She doesn't know that Carrie Ann stays there. She just thinks that Ryan is trying to do his best, right? And then real fast forward, she's doing a battle of the bands and Ryan comes because she invites him and all of the guys at the school basically jump him because they they fucking made it. And they like smashed all those windows in his car and they hurt they started like catching him and stuff and then he broke Tyler's leg. Not just broke it, but like grabbed it, twisted it, so like his foot was facing the other direction. That's interesting. <laughs> and throughout the the middle part of the movie, he's lost track of Carrie Ann a couple times. And that's a little bit scary. We're thinking, oh, he's a great brother. Like, he's just trying to do his best, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, he leaves and goes back home. And Alyssa follows him, obviously. And Tyler goes to the hospital. So at the hospital, the mom's like, why don't you fucking arrest that kid for breaking Tyler's foot? And the the cop is like, you know what? If Tyler had any fucking thing to do with this thing, I'm going to start arresting him instead of Ryan. And she's like, you always defend him. All that kind of stuff. And so the cop also goes to Ryan's. But not before Alyssa has just walked into his house and started looking around. Alyssa has no preservation of life in this movie. Nope. She does not give a shit about herself, apparently. She will just walk into someone's house and walk into any room she wants and be like, tell me about this room. This room of pain for you. Why would you do that? Anyway. So Alyssa's going around and she's found the basement basement, right? And she realizes that there's a girl, i.e. Carrie Ann, maybe, Carrie Ann in the basement. And she's like, oh, fuck. Maybe Ryan's not all he's chopped up to be. But then it's kind of a little too late once she finds it out. She gets stuck in the basement with Carrie Ann here. And she is, he comes in and he's like, you know, telling her about how he needs to have Carrie Ann and all this stuff. And she finds out that this is not really Carrie Ann. And there's always a filter of girls that come in and out Carrie Ann in this room. And that's like a very short way of putting it. But anyway, he's like, you're going to be my Carrie Ann now. But anyway, he leaves because the cop is here. She has to go tell the cop, like, hey, nothing's wrong. It's fine. No one's here. She, Alyssa's not here. Oh, so anyway, fast forward, the cop finds out that her phone is there because she calls. He calls and her phone rings. And so he comes in and the cop does not live much longer after that because Ryan kills him. So we're at this point. Alyssa's trying to get out. Ryan's trying to keep her. And then the mom comes and tries to do a whole, like, take-in on this bitch, you know, like the movie Taken. And so, basically, with the help of her mom, and they both get out alive, and Ryan goes to a psych ward for the rest of his life, I guess. I don't know. Big twist here. I'll tell you that in a second. But at one point, when Arissa and Ryan are becoming buds or friends, Ryan shows her this tree. And he's like, what do you see when you look at this tree? And she's like, nothing. Me and Haley also said fucking nothing. But then she takes a second look and she's like, well, I guess I see a face. But me and Haley still didn't see anything, right? Did you ever see a face? When you no. Me neither. 
But anyway, when she sees the tree has a face on it, he's like, see, this is what happens. People don't take a second look. And that really helps her feel like, oh, Ryan's just overlooked and no one takes a second look at him. And that was like the, 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 the big thing. But in reality, it was more so if someone had talked to Ryan about his past traumas that had happened with him and his family, that maybe they would have saved a lot of people's lives. Supposedly in this article that I read, like an overarching theme or something in the movie that like (laughs) the tree resembles Ryan. And that's why there was this like big thing about the tree. I think the whole thing could have been cut out. Yeah. Uh, She's just like crying at the tree and i'm like okay at the end she's like mom do you see anything on the tree she's like no anyway so during the big reveal that ryan keeps carrie ann's downstairs and all this stuff we find out that ryan carrie ann didn't kill her parents ryan and carrie ann were swinging on swing sets and there was an accident and she died and then ryan is the one who killed his parents after suffering a lot of like abuse and stuff because they blamed him for Carrie Ann's death and this leads to the final revelation that the Carrie Ann's in the basements were just kidnapped women from small towns and so the plot, the, that, that's like the biggest plot twist is that it was actually him who killed his parents and that after Carrie Ann died he had to live out his days until his parents died as Carrie Ann. Yeah. His the parents basically made him dress up like a girl and they called him Carrie right. Ann. To be fair, I don't think it was very well explained in the movie. And then in the end he goes to a mental facility and he has this flashback where his mother's calling him Carrie Ann. And that's the only scene that shows that he was made to be Carrie Ann. I don't know if the plot twists were twisty enough for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see it coming. I guess I didn't see it coming either, per se. But a lot of people really, 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 really want a prequel for Ryan's story. And in my opinion, I don't think that's necessary at all. So as as Haley discussed, she watched the unrated version. And I'm pretty sure that I also had seen the unrated version. There's a whole part... Or a whole piece of the plot twist that's from the PG-13 version. And this is the only difference. Was that Officer Bill Weaver was deeply connected to the situation with Carrie Ann and Ryan. So, like, he was protecting Ryan. And potentially he even knew about Carrie Ann's death. And all of that stuff. And all of the stuff that happened between him and his parents. And and the fact that he was kidnapping girls yeah oh i don't remember that part because when bill was going to the 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 what's it called going to his house i was thinking oh bill's in on it this whole time and he does say the officer does say when he's stabbed by ryan he says i've protected you for all these years which alludes to that plot twist and also, when we're in the hospital with Tyler's parents and the officer, Tyler's mom's like, you're always defending that boy. That, again, it was never fully committed to in the PG-13. But that was literally the only thing that was changed in the unrated version. 
apparently Bill Beaver was a lot more involved in like the stuff Ryan was doing and protecting him. So, how dare you, cop guy? How dare you be crooked like every other cop? We thought we liked you. And then during the movie, you were like, wow, the only like, Oh, I said or something like that. I know. I was legitimately surprised that he wasn't part of it. Yeah. So that's all I have specifically about like the plot twist and the plot. Did you have anything else to add or anything I didn't cover? No, I think you covered it pretty well. Did you say you liked the plot twist or you said that it was not as hard this time? Like hard hitting? Yeah, it wasn't as hard hitting because I did remember the plot twist, but when I did watch this movie for the first time, I was like, whoa. Should we top it up to the fact that we were young and impressionable? Oh, probably, yeah. (laughs) For sure. Jennifer Lawrence is like right at your age. Like it was, you know, and you love Max. Oh, yeah. If y'all don't know, so Max uh, Theriot, he was in the live action Peter Pan. He was in uh, Catch That Kid. Like, he was in, like, he was the heartthrob of all the, like, kid movies that I watched growing up. I know, like, Max Stereot was, like, more in my brain. He was more my age. Right. But, and then as I grew up, he's also in Bates Motel. He plays Norman Bates' brother. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I was in love with that man. His blue eyes. Oh, my God. He's still cute. And he's a Scorpio. And he's a Scorpio. I mean, I don't know how well that bodes for another Scorpio, like a Scorpio man and a Scorpio woman, but considering the Scorpio woman has experienced that situation, it's not good. (laughs) Interesting. Well, and you also always have had a soft spot for, oh my gosh, I can fix him. And Ryan, the character, is the epitome of, oh my gosh, I can fix him. And you you could have definitely written this movie because you were like, because, you know, Alyssa, Jennifer Lawrence's yeah. character is like, she plays the guitar and she sings. And you were like, oh, this guy's going to come up and be like, you're not like other girls. And then that's exactly like, what happened. Yeah. I do have a couple fun facts, Ooh. especially speaking of the fact that Alyssa's a singer and a guitar player in the movie. My first fun fact is that Jennifer Lawrence does not sing in this movie at all. None of her singing was actually her. It was a session musician named Sarah Rain. And in the article I read about it, it was they said that Jennifer Lawrence did record a song of her own and that they described it as not bad. But not what they're looking for. <laughs> I guess so. And then also, I only have two final two fun facts. But as you said, Ryan played in Bates Motel. Who did he play in Bates Motel? I don't know his name, but he played Norman Bates' brother. Norman Bates' brother. That's fine. That's enough. So the final shot of Ryan in this movie is very reminiscent of the movie Psycho, of from which in the future Max played. Norman Bates' brother in the Bates Motel, which is based on Psycho. It's like a whole circle. I even rewatched the last scene of Psycho, and it was reminiscent of the last scene in this movie. For just a few seconds, 
talk about some cash money if you'd like. Do you want to know how much it costs to make this movie? Or do you yes. want to guess? Let me know. Tell me how much it costs. Okay. So the first place that I saw the cost, it said it took costs from between $6.9 million to $10 million to make this movie. Okay. And then the other place that I saw, it confirmed that it was $10 million. So I'm just going to say it costs $10 million to make the movie. It's actually pretty, like, low. Considering, yes. Considering some movies, it's definitely low. But do you think it made its money back in the opening weekend? Do you think it made its money back? I want to say just because of Jennifer Lawrence and, like, the whole Hunger Games thing that yes you're correct okay okay so what do you want to guess tell me and then i'll guess so you want me to tell you opening weekend and you're going to guess worldwide yes opening weekend it made 12 million dollars okay so like just made its money back and then some so tell me what you think it made worldwide 12 i'm thinking like 18 to 20. Oh, more. Okay. Way more. Way more. A little less. It's, you want me to tell you, do you want one more guess? Go ahead. Okay. It made 44 million worldwide. Oh, my guess, my next guess is 45. Yeah, you would have been real close. And I know that you love to talk about ratings. So I got a little girthy rating section for you. Before I give you our Tomato Boys, our MDib, everything, what did you rate this movie? Okay, so probably younger. I would have definitely rated it higher, like an eight. Okay. Now I'll say like a like a like a six point seven. Six point seven. Okay, that's very specific. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's good. And you know what? You're saying it with your heart and you're being honest. That's great. Aw, thank you. I think that I would have also, in back in 2012, I would have rated it like a good eight, nine, a solid good a good movie. And now, seeing all of the movies I've seen, even just on the podcast, let alone in other realms, I probably would rate it like a five. Which is that's not fair. far from you, but just comparing it to every other movie that I've ever seen. But I also feel bad. So I'm one of those people that kind of feels bad when I rate books like lower than a three out of five. And so I kind of feel bad rating it a five out of ten. But I digress. I'm going to save Tomato Boys for the end. But Impdib gave us a 5.5 rating. Oh. Out of ten. Metacritic gave us a 3.1 out of 10. But our average Google users, 79% liked the movie. And that's just that they liked it or they didn't, I guess. Because the average Google rating itself was 3.2 out of 5. But that is better oh. than the 3.1 out of 10. Oh, yeah. It's probably more like 6.4. So kind of close to you. What, what the average Google rating, 6.4 out of 10. Our, our tried and true tomato boys gave it a 12%. Oh my God. Our tomato boys did not like this movie at all. 
Somewhere I don't see that Tomato Boys gave it a 13, but somewhere else it said 12. Damn, bro. And our critics' consensus quote from the Tomato Boys was that it was poorly conceived, clumsily executed, and almost completely bereft of scares. Most of the end of the street strands its talented star in a film as bland as its title. I made a movie. Okay. Air for not everyone's going to like your shit. But like I would sob for months. I'd be like, I'm never making a movie again. Um, and then I just had to get a quote from the New York Times because they wrote an um review about it, which I don't always see a New York Times review about the movies that we watch. They did review this movie. And it says, once the action kicks in, House at the End of the Street turns into a choppily edited, poorly timed mess with little continuity overloaded with rural shocks and in a desperate attempt to compensate for its minimal suspense. Damn. It's just worse than the tomato voice consensus. You have to go that harsh. Like punch Boring after punch. Boring title. Yeah. <laughs> These poor guys, Mark, David, and Jonathan, I just can't. I'm so sorry. I didn't think it was that bad. I know. I didn't think it was that bad. I. I okay, so... In hindsight, if you take the Tomato Boys rating of a 12%, that's a 1.2 out of 10. It's not a 1.2 out of 10 movie. Yeah, it's not It's not that bad. I mean, Death Tunnel is a worse movie than this movie. Like, you know what I mean? And it got higher ratings, I think. Stupid. Just means you can't always press the ratings. So just because you see a movie that might be interesting to you, that has potentially some lower ratings, still give it a try because you might like it. He yeah, exactly. gave it a seven. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, 6.7 is almost a seven. So don't let the Tomato Boys have too much control of your heart. I mean, they have literally all of our hearts, but that's just because we call them Tomato Boys. They have no idea who we are. No idea. Absolutely no idea. Like I said, our ratings was the last thing I had, so that's all I got for the movie. Do you have anything to add about the movie? That Jennifer Lawrence. Do um, any one last thing to like help people watch the movie if they want to still watch? Okay, I mean I agree with Catherine. Don't always take reviews to heart. I've learned that. Like example, recently, me and my friends went to go see the new Haunted Mansion movie. Right? It's still in theaters and. It's a two-hour movie, which was kind of a turnoff, but it's so good, though. I I genuinely like the movie. I'm probably going to buy it because I really like the movie. And I also am a big, you know, big fan of the Eddie Murphy version. So it's definitely like a comfort movie for me, which probably says a lot about myself. But, but no, I, I love that movie. And then this movie was just as good to me. It it doesn't have anything to do with... It's not like a sequel or anything. But it's its own standalone movie. And it was really good. And I cried three times during the movie. So today I saw an article. And it's opening... It's only made $85 million. And it cost $150 to make it. Yikes. I mean, it did get released around the same time as the big movies that people have been wanting to watch. That probably yeah, I, did not help I it. Think, I think they should have waited for Halloween. 
Yes, that would have been a better time. Sometimes you get lucky with your release date, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Even if they but- have just waited till September, because September's like the beginning of fall, which will yeah. can help people get into spooky mood, mood or whatever, but the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer took over this month and last month. Oh, I don't yeah. Even remember. I don't even remember when it came out, but it's like the only thing anyone ever talks about. July 21st. Right. It's been a whole month. That's the only movie I've ever heard anyone talk about. I've heard a couple people have gone to Haunted Mansion. I honestly forgot that it was even out until I was looking through what movies to go see and nobody wanted to go see Talk to Me or The Meg 2. So, and we'd already seen Barbie. I didn't think Barbie was that great. I mean, it's cute. It's a good movie, but I feel like it's overhyped as fuck, man. Like, yeah, but that's the example of don't trust reviews. Like, go in with your own opinion. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you do, you do. Yeah. And this this movie, it's it's not the best, but it is a good, like, again, sleepover movie. It's got... It's a great uh, sleepover movie, yeah. It's got a good fucking twist, like... The way that it's played out, you don't see it coming. Like, you genuinely think that that is his sister. Yeah. Because they have the last, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, maybe. You don't realize that you you find out at the same time that Jennifer Lawrence's character finds out. You're trying to put together all these pieces that she's putting together. Essentially. Exactly. Just be your own self and don't let reviews cause too much trouble unless it's like trigger reviews you know like letting you know that this is maybe triggering to you that's something you should definitely listen to but just like it was stupid and boring like i'm sorry i think that movie critics are sometimes pretentious oh yeah no offense to our tomato boys there are plenty of movies that are probably not rated very highly that are great movies to watch even if it's just to like have a little fun because I never look at ratings except for for this podcast. That's that's my yeah. uh, what's my toxic trait is I don't even read synopsises for the most part. If it looks good, I'm, I'll watch it. If it looks good, I'll read it. Yeah. It. When I when I look at books, I look at the cover. Mm-hmm. So it's like the artwork, partially the name if it's cool, and then I'll like flip through the book, and if the words are too small, I won't read it. Yeah. I don't get that with the Kindle because I can make the words any size I want, but I I do that with physical books for sure. I'll even do like a good like flip to the back. My brain, my smooth brain is doing no fucking reading when I flip it to the back. I pick up the book. I look at the front and I'm like, huh, give it a good flip. Look at the back like I'm reading, not reading, not, not reading anything on that back. I look back at the front. Do a good little flip through it. And then I put it in my bag. And that's a good way to do it. But anyway. Do you have anything to tell the spookies before we leave let them go? Spooky babes. Don't let the don't let people tell you what to like and what not to like. Go ahead and like this movie or dislike this movie. That's right. As as long as it's your Preach. opinion. Preach. <laughs> as long as it's your opinion, that's all that matters. But, but yeah, give it a good little watch if you want. It is on what was it, Hulu? max i think it's on it's streaming on max right now but yeah it's a good little good little movie to watch it's pg-13 it's not too scary it's not too bloody but yeah just 
Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Enjoy the things you want to enjoy. And we hope that you enjoyed listening to us banter and talk about movies and how reviewers sometimes suck. Well, we love you. And we'll see you next week with True Crime. I'm excited. I love Catherine's little true crimes that she tells me. I just sit back and relax. I'm like listening to my own podcast. I anyway. want to surprise you, Haley, to next on next week. Okay. I want you to be like, oh my gosh. I will bring it. It's going to be great. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be great. It always is. And um, Aww. Ah, yeah. Even though Catherine <laughs> doesn't think that I listen to her. But... Well, one time she was like, have you seen this documentary? And then in my defense, it was called something different. And there's a lot of true crimes that are very similar to each other. So I was like, maybe it's a similar situation. And it was told differently. Because I was trying to plot twist you. (laughs) So I was like, oh. It's okay. It's okay. I know you listen. Do you know why I know you listen? Is sometimes after we get off the phone to record, I'd hear you when you pick up your boyfriend, I do like a boyfriend debrief of the true crime sometimes. <laughs> I like, do that. So yeah. really, she really listens to me. <laughs> I'm just sitting there listening to her tell him what I just told her. Like, it's crazy. It's like a comprehension test. I'm not like, tell, tell your boyfriend what happened. I'm just like, was sitting there hanging out vibing but i'm reading a book while she's driving to go pick him up or something and then you know it just happened I know. i'm like babe you're never gonna guess what <laughs> like listen how crazy this is that's and what i know it's a good like, one <laughs> yeah and he's like wow that's crazy but anyway spooky babes if you like our podcast please rate it five stars wherever you listen to podcasts it would be very helpful to us and i always like seeing your guys' little notes and stuff or comments and you can always follow us on instagram that's our most used platform we also have facebook and twitter you're wonderful and you look darn good today don't um, ask us how we know that we just know we're magic and you you matter the world is a better place with you in it and we love you and we'll see you next week and we will see you in your nightmares